going on? Hey! It's your freaking mook. Hey, your freaking mook. I'm Rob. I'm Billy. Here we go. This is part two. Part two of Dingo Baby. Part two of Dingo Baby. So, we left you last week with um, some of the fucking nasty rumors that surrounded this case. She's a fucking devil worshipper. She, like, killed the baby. She dressed it in black. What else, Rob? Uh, Seventh-day Adventists, weirdos, camping with a fucking two-month-old. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, uh, don't listen to this one because it's not going to make a whole lot of sense. You, yeah, go back. Do, do the homework. Yeah. Yep. Join us. Join jo- us back here. Join us. So, did you say Jonas? <laughs> like the Jonas Brothers? Jonas. I love them. Shout out to the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. Shout out to the Join Us Brothers. Um, so... The last last thing that we left off on that they had they'd found the baby clothes right. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much everyone was at this point like the rumors were out. She's she did it. She's a fucking evil bitch. She yep. killed the baby. She's a fucking cult member, satanic worshiper, killer. Yep. Right. She's got a penis top. She's got a cold demeanor. <laughs> Fuck this bitch with her dead baby. Yeah, with her fucking dead baby. So they brought the baby clothes. The clothes had been found by, you know, they were looking for another tourist that was miss, missing or whatever. They found the... No, that was later. They found the baby clothes. They brought them to Lindy. She's like, yeah, 100%. These are, these are the clothes. These I are the clothes her. she was wearing when, the, when she disappeared out of the tent. He, she goes, where's the matinee jacket? Where's the matinee jacket? Where's the little knitted cardigan she was wearing? Yes. They were like, oh, no, they didn't... We didn't found, find that. And she's no. like, well, that was weird because she was definitely in there. She was wearing a, a, a matinee jacket. She was on her way with this cardigan to, you know, watch an afternoon play or something. <laughs> so um, they found the clothes. They brought them to her. She she correctly identifies them at, as her baby's clothes. Right? Yeah. So no charges were filed at this point. Nothing was sort of filed against Lindy and Michael. But a coroner's inquest was launched to determine the, the cause of death of the baby. Even though they hadn't found a body. But they hadn't found the body. There's no body. And I, there is yeah, some, I don't know if that's... Um, it's it, always like a thing in like murder mystery shit, right? If there's, there's no crime, if there's no body. Well, that's how it is in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And I think people need to understand that um, although Australia and America are very similar... Uh, in culture, things are a little bit different. So in America, you can't really have a murder investigation unless you have a body. Right. But in the 80s in Australia, they had no body. And they're not even they're not even in city Australia. They're in the like they're in the fucking bush. They're in the desert Australia. Yeah. They're in like you know middle um, of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. So they've launched the launched the coroner's inquest, and um, they brought in a bunch of experts. Let's put that in quotes. Yeah. Experts. It's in it's in quotes in the notes. So yeah, parentheses. <laughs> yes. Experts. Yeah. Which again, let's just put it into context. Eighties Australia, like bush. Miller you know Miller. I mean? Rangers, dingoes. So pretty much, 
there were there were no experts on on dingo fucking baby deaths at right. this point. So they're they're grasping at straws. Yeah. So the first expert who came in was like a expert on um on bite marks or something. And he immediately said that the the clothes that they had found for the baby they were too neat for a dingo attack. Oh. They um they weren't torn to pieces, they weren't shredded or whatever, and dingo wouldn't do that. And the the bite marks were were made you know made by something other than than dingo teeth, right? But I gotta say, um, my problem with that is that um, dingoes don't eat clothes. No. They eat babies. <laughs> they don't. The fucking dingo, he's not going after the clothing. No. He wants to eat the fucking little baby fat. And here's the thing. The guy who was saying about, oh, I knew about the dingo bites and the, the dingo bites couldn't have made the severed marks in the clothing like this. He wasn't an expert in dingo bites. He no. wasn't an expert in dog bites. He was an expert in human bites in flesh. Right. But there was no textile experts. There was no, like... Yeah. You know, it was kind of r- ridiculous. And the thing that they kept saying is that the baby, the way the clothing was found is it was too neat for a dingo. It could, it would have been shredded and like all this kind of shit, right? Mm-hmm. What we actually know, what actually happened is the, the clothes were found and they were picked up and examined and then placed back on the ground and then photographed by the police. So the way in which they were photographed as in being at the scene wasn't the way they were found. It's not the all. way they were found at all. They were like, they were doing a fashion shoot. They're like, let's lay out the t-shirt so like this. So you can see it properly. So we can see it properly. And yeah, they, yeah. they thought that they were kind of doing a good thing. Right. But they weren't at all. They fucked it all up as we'll see time and time again with this. So yeah, the bites were made by cuts, blah, blah, blah. Um, the police then searched their family car, which had never been searched up until this point, and they found no blood in the car. Of course. Because they wouldn't Because have. the dingo took it out of a tent. Yeah. And they also acknowledged that the dingoes had been a problem in the area and that hadn't been, they hadn't been properly dealt with. Like... The more you kind of go into this, the more you kind of look and you... you And again, we'll, we'll cover this a bit more in depth at the end of the episode. But there were, there were like nurses who worked in the area who had been trying to like alert people that the dingoes are fucking a problem. Yeah. And they're getting more of a nuisance. Yeah. And like, you know... We, we got a dingo issue. So th- that was kind of acknowledged in this coroner's inquest. Now, this whole inquest was televised, which was kind of huge at the time. I don't think there'd been a a real precedent for this. I don't think they really let cameras in the courtroom very much. No, this would have been like a very modern thing in the 80s. Mm -hmm. So she, um, the whole, the whole inquest was, was televised, you know, and during this trial, she started receiving death threats because... Here's the thing is Who's like, she, Lindy? Lindy. So she, the mom... The mom. ...of the dead baby is now getting death threats. Death threats in the courtroom. They're having to clear the whole trial because she's receiving death threats. And this was because everybody was like, that fucking bitch, she fucking killed... Like, yeah. this was... I, and I have to be... I, I've made this very clear, but I lived through, through this and everybody thought she was fucking guilty. Right. 
Like, I thought she was guilty as a child. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, everybody thought she was, like, a fucking horrible, terrible person who had done this, you know? Yeah. Despite all these other fucking stories. Right. But anyway, the coroner's inquest was televised. Lindy was constantly hounded by the media throughout this. Everybody thought she was guilty. But the inquest ruled that, in fact... Most probably, and this was the other thing too, it wasn't like a def- definitive, like, oh, here's the cause of death, because they don't have a body. There's no body. So they can't really tell. But the inquest ruled that, in fact, most probably, a dingo did take the baby. and But they kind of added this, this theory that they thought that maybe humans had been involved. Like, that maybe the baby had been found fucking half eaten by the dingo or this or that and that maybe somebody had disposed of the body or something Which so is they're, they're already they're already kind of like adding this they're, they're adding a weird thing to it yeah like I, I feel like I, you know I'm a man uh, you know often likened to a dog and if I'm hungry and I got a big fucking juicy piece of steak I eat, I'm gonna eat the whole thing dude what about if you got like kids to share that steak with, yeah. too. Yeah, we're going to chop it up. We're all going to eat. Right. There might not be anything left. So the fact that the, the the ruling was basically like, it kind of alluded to the fact that maybe somebody else was involved. Maybe it was the local rangers. Maybe, you know, they, they didn't want everyone to know that a dingo did steal the baby. Yeah. This was, it kind of pissed people off. Because the judge was very, and as I said, this was televised, and he was like, the malicious gossip and rumours is disgusting, and this poor woman. Like, he basically told off the whole of Australia. Because he's smart. He's a fucking judge. He's he like, was, dude, look, guys, yeah. fucking, you guys are being ridiculous, dude. Leave this woman alone. You're, You're fucking, fucked up. You've put this woman through the ringer. Yeah. Something fucked up has happened to her. Clearly. Maybe somebody helped, but I don't think it's... He never, he never said it was the parents, but I think maybe that thing of, like, somebody helped, you know... It put a little, like... People were pissed. Yeah. Pissed with this. So, the Chamberlains are free at this point. They're free and they're clear. Yeah. They've they've lost their child. They're fucked. Yeah. But they're, you know, in the clear. But the people and the cops and the fucking rangers, nobody was satisfied with this. And I fucking... Listen, here's the deal. Like... You know, if you're from the United States, like, whatever, you've dealt with cops, um, and, it, and, it, and it's kind of like a thing, but I have dealt with country fucking cops in Australia. In Australia. I had a very uh, unfortunate incident. Remember rub, that? Rub, dude. I had a very bad incident with the uh, local cop. And that, I have to say, was purely... Like, that would never have been an incident if I was dating you and you were an Australian guy. Because here's the thing, is that we as Australians, you you want to you want to you want to tell the story really briefly, or uh, basically Rob um Rob defended my honor to a Australian cop, and me and my family we weren't really that upset by it because here's the thing, they're fucking lads and they joke around and they blokes. say fucked up things yeah and like you just take it. We take everything with fucking a sack of salt, not a grain of salt, a sack of fucking salt. And I took it, I, I took what that cop 
A local cop, basically, we got pulled over in a, a routine breath stop. Uh, well, so here's the booze, thing. Booze bus. Are we doing this? Or are we going to just fucking do this? We'll just do, do it real quick. But he basically told me that... No, let, a, me, let me tell the story. Let right. me tell the story. If we're going to fucking really go into this, I'll just tell the story. Well, you, you brought it up, so... No, I was just going to say that bush cops are fucked up. They've, they're kind of fucked up. But so this is what happened. Um, the town that Billy's parents live in is a fishing town and a tourist town in the middle of nowhere. 250 people. Yeah, it's a very small town. So they don't Tiny. actually have a police force. So they have one fucking dumb fuck cop Togger, who's assigned to uh, who's assigned to that city or assigned to that little town, and only really comes down there for the summer when it's the tourist season. When it's busy. When it when it goes from a population of of two hundred and fifty people period to yeah. about like two and a half thousand. Right. Staying in in the the campgrounds and right. holiday houses around there. Right, so we we went into a different town to get uh, to go shopping, and then we're driving back. And in Australia, they don't have to have reasonable cause to breathalyze you. So what they do is they set up a cop stop breathalyzer DUI called, stop called a booze bust. A booze bust somewhere where you can't turn around. So in our case, it was on a bridge. And it was coming into the tiny. And it was coming into town, this tiny like little Nelson. town where her of Nelson, where her parents lived, and uh, they come up to the car and they basically just breathalyze everybody because they don't have to have reasonable cause in Australia. They don't have to have say, well, he, he you know he was swerving and he smelled or anything. They just they have this little plastic tip that they put on the breathalyzer, and every fucking car has to do it. So we pull up and. This is like the local fucking cop. Knows me very well. Knows everybody very well. And he's like, oh, yeah, Billy, um, we've got this new test. Uh, it's, a, it's a new breathalyzer. It's a new breathalyzer. And Billy's like, well, I haven't been drinking. Like, I'll do it. You know Which, what I mean? by the way, I actually had been drinking. We had been drinking. And he was like, well, you don't have to do it because I trust you. But, you know, if you were down to do it, then then go for it. And then she's like, yeah, I'll do it. I'm, I'm fair, you know, fair enough. I haven't, I'm not drunk. And then he's like, this new type of test, um, you don't blow into the breathalyzer, you have to suck on it. And she's like, oh, okay, weird. So she like... And he, he said, I think after that, yeah, just put it in your mouth and suck on it. Yeah, he's like, put it in your mouth and suck on it. So she puts it in her mouth and she's like inhaling and he's like, no, suck it harder. And she's like, okay. So she's like, and he's like, no, suck it harder, love. And then she's like, ah. And he's, he's kind of cracking and up he, at and this then he starts, And then he starts laughing. And she's like, ah, fuck you, Togger, you fucking dirty copper. Fuck off. You and know what I mean? Because, he's like, and I've he's, already got fucking. He's like, I've gotten five gills with this. i got Patty. i got this. i yeah. got blah, blah, blah. And basically, blah. the joke is that he's making girls suck on this thing and telling them to suck harder. Like they're sucking a dick. So... I kind of like look at him and like I'm from Chicago and shit and I don't fuck around and I didn't I didn't find that funny at all and I don't he did not find I didn't that funny. I don't have like a, whatever that Australian thing where that's funny to like do that to girls but in Australia it's a very like womanizing country uh, and you can quote me on that I'm not gonna fucking back down it's fucked up and so I like give him this nasty look and then he kind of looks at me and then he's like a little bit shook. He's, he's like, oh shit, I might have fucked and up. And then he's kind of like, oh, I kind of fucked up by doing that. And then Billy, you know, my wife Billy is a, a, a tough, tough little soldier. And she's like, fuck you, Togger. And like, we drive off. And I'm pissed. 
Robbie's I'm fucking furious. hot, dude. I'm fucking hot under the fucking lid, dude. I am not having it. So then he comes by the pub. No, you you run into him at the pub when I was working, and you like get him. And this is no, this is the thing. So he comes by because like it's busy. It's tourist season. So he Rob, comes by. Robbie's the, working in the kitchen, frying fucking chicken schnitzels. Yeah, I'm frying up chicken schnitzels in the kitchen uh, while we're here with her parents. And I see him in the pub, and I like basically corner this fucking guy, and I go and like, you were like three foot taller than him. He was a little guy, right. tall guy, tall guy. He's a little bitch, and I'm a fucking big man. So I go up and I kind of corner him, and I go, "Hey, man, that fucking shit you pulled on the bridge, like, I don't think that was very funny." And he goes, uh, "Oh, uh, yeah, mate. Like, uh, I saw your face, and like, it seemed like you were kind of upset, but like, it, it was we just- we muck about." He go. He goes, we muck about down here, mate. Like, it's just a joke. And I'm like, well, I don't fucking muck about, man. That's not funny, dude. And he's like, oh, well, you know, you're not Australian, mate. Like, down here, like, we just muck about. I'm like, what's the fucking joke? That you're making a bunch of young girls suck on your fucking thing? That's the fucking joke? And he's like, well... And he never would have thought about it like that. Because that's he's a the, fucking Australian cop. That's the that's my point. He's an yeah. Australian cop. They're fucking. They're that's how they are. Yeah, and, and I'm like, and yeah. I didn't get offended because that's how. Because you're used to being Australian around Australian job. cops, yeah. right? And I'm like, well, I don't fucking muck about, dude. That's just not funny at all to me. And I don't fucking find that funny in any way, shape, or form, dude. And you need to check your fucking self next time you come talk to me. So anyway, it's fucked up. It turned. It turned. Turn, I okay. I think I had to like diffuse the situation, but then the next day, my uh, dad Duncan, my stepfather, who's amazing, was a, a local kind of fucking legend. He's a great builder, and this guy basically Billy's stepfather designs and builds houses by himself. Yeah, literally, he's, he's a gun. Literally by himself. But he he had done some work for Togga, so he kind of knew, and it was kind of that thing where Duncan's a local businessman. He had to, like, be cool with the cops. He had to be cool with everyone in town, right? Mm -hmm. So Togga, realizing that this could be a potential problem, turned up at the house next day at, like, 9 o'clock in the morning or something, right? Something like that. Because he had some sort of small job, like a, like a remodel or something and that he, he was going to ask Duncan to do. I think he basically wanted to like clear the air and yeah. be all cool and stuff. So I mean, Rob and I were in this, the guest room, our room, and I kind of hear the thing. I think I look out the window and see Togger's car there and I'm like, oh, fucking Togger's here. And Rob's like, oh, oh motherfucker. motherfucker, dude. So he, Togger is in the kitchen with mum and dunk um drinking a coffee mm-hmm. having a coffee and well he's trying to basically smooth things he's over smoothing things over so uh, what i decided to do was i walked up and i grabbed a peach off the kitchen counter i think it was a nectarine but same diff nectarine yeah and i basically stood like togger sitting down at the kitchen table so i grabbed this nectarine and i basically stood like Six six inches behind yeah. Togger's head and ate a nectarine, and he was like, and you were in your like your boxer shorts or something. Yeah, it was really weird. Like yeah. the whole thing was super. I was weird. probably just wearing boxer shorts, no shirt, no shirt, tattoos, and I'm basically eating this nectarine behind this dude's head, 
and he's trying to ask me like, oh, Rob, so, um, yeah, so you and Billy are having an art show in Melbourne and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, yep. And you're saying nothing. And I'm saying like you're, nothing. You're giving him nothing. And I'm just like intimidating the fuck out of this dude while I eat a piece of fruit to the point where he gets so weirded out that he just like leaves the house. And uh, and that's how I dealt with it. Yeah. And um, my parents... They were horrified. They were horrified. They thought it was super weird. They were like, we might have just lost that remodel job because of the way that Rob intimidated him. Yeah. And... And they, they still thought it was weird, but then there was this kind of, a kind of thing came up where Rob kind of explained where he was coming from, and my parents were like, well, how can you fault him? Like, yeah, it was fucked up, regardless, he's not from this culture, but he's like willing to go head to head with a, a local policeman on over the honor of our daughter. Yeah, because it's fucked up. Like you don't disrespect women like that. And you don't res- disrespect your your girlfriend. Oh, you know that my that fucking point. girlfriend. Hell no. And so that was the thing. So anyway, so it became it became like a I don't know. It was it it wasn't a, a great period. But I feel like they kind of like respected you. Yeah, this was also but they like were the also first time. Like, yeah, You're fucking crazy. Like, they thought was, I was out of my fucking mind. Yeah. And I, and I clearly am, but it was a thing where it's like, well, I'm from the United States of America. You can't fucking sexually harass women on a bridge and tell them to suck your fucking breathalyzer. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's my point. The reason this all came up is like Aussie cops, like Australian cops, they're like this real blokey, like fucking frat boy, asshole, dumb shit, fucking retard culture. We'll find that like again and again that I think this was a, a big thing with this case is in the coroner's inquest where they were, you know, they were basically put on blast. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were like, you guys don't, you guys don't know what happened. And they're like, well, we're going to, we're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going right. to, we're going to close this case and we're going to look good. Yeah. Cause that's all they want to do is they want to look good. That's why that fucking bitch ass cop showed up the next day. Cause he wanted to look good. And I'm like, I let him go look good. Yeah. Cause you're a fucking piece of shit. So we'll, we'll find that. We'll find that again and again with this case. But Going back to what we're talking about. Oh yeah, sorry for the sidebar. No, sidebar's great. But the we had said the the clothes had basically been placed that way by the photographer. By the photographer, right? The the bite expert, fucking no expert. In, he's not an expert in he's dingo not an expert clothes. In dingo fucking bites, they'd acknowledge that there was no blood in the car. There was no fucking. The dingoes were an actual problem. Like all of this stuff had been had been said, right? But the judge ruled at the thing that a fucking dingo probably did this. Blah blah blah. People were fucking pissed off. Yeah. Basically, because they said it in their mind what happened. Exactly. And so the Chamberlains are in the clear, but people aren't fucking happy. The fucking the cops are pissed. Yeah. The local rangers are pissed. Like everyone's fucking furious about this. Right. So it was almost like they fucking wanted to make her pay. Bad. Bad. So while the Chamberlains have been trying to get on with their lives, they're still being hounded by the public and the media. People still pretty much feel like they did it. And in 1981, this is like a the, the next year. A new expert kind of emerged and mm. he was going to be the spearhead of, of the fucking prosecution right. for them. 
Now, this guy had, um, he was Professor, Professor James Cameron. That's funny. Funny. Um, and he was one of the world's top three pathologists. So in, in 1981, I guess at this point, this was pretty fucking huge. Right. And his big claim to fame is that he had been hired by the Vatican to examine the Shroud of Turin. Right. And the, like Jesus, he, the Jesus thing with his face the, on the it, The fucking right? Jesus shit. Once, you, once the Vatican hires you to do that, you're gold. This is gold. And like, even though Australia was not a very religious country, the fact that the Vatican did this and everybody knew about the Shroud of Turin, like, I think it's been pretty much debunked. I don't know at this, at this point. What, I don't, what the thing? I don't but know. He was, he was one of the things. He was a big fucking deal. And he was from London. Uh, and Australian people really do defer to. I mean, we are part of the Commonwealth. You we have, do the, have uh, the Queen. You have the English. Uh, you have the English flag on your fucking flag, and you have the Queen on your money. Yeah. And you do. never did what the Americans did by telling them to uh, kick rocks and killing them. We do not. We're we're part of the Commonwealth. You're part of that. Your bitch. The Queen mate. is like kind of huge and like especially at that time like people from london like it was kind of like big deal so he inspected azaria's jumpsuit and he had some terrible fucking findings right and he his opinion was fucking solid you know well he just he just looked at the jesus sheet yeah um fucking vatican how could he do any wrong exactly he's english right so he claimed that the the, the wounds the stab holes yeah were not made by teeth he was like it definitely has to be by a metallic object and right. he like there was like you know they 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 zoomed in on the fucking fibers and all this kind of shit but it's it's 1980 like this this science wasn't there in the way it is now but they're like all the the fibers are too neat to be a tooth mark, the, the thread would be ragged and all this kind of shit, which they're just they're pulling out of their ass. It's all bullshit. There's no, there's no precedence for any of this shit. So he, he claimed that. He then said, and this was a kind of huge one, that he was like, because of the blood and the blood markings and stuff, the child had been decapitated. Which I think is like, uh, you know, decapitation is a lofty fucking thing. But there's no body. No. How the fuck are you going to tell me that somebody got their head cut off when you don't have the head or the body? But here's the thing. You think of a baby. You think about a baby being killed. One thing. Terrible. You think a baby with its head cut off. Oh, God. Like, that's... Like, that's... That just feeds the fucking seeds of imagination. Well, that's why ISIS cuts people's heads off. Because, like, that's the the gnarliest thing ever, dude. Right. That's fucking, you can't get any gnarlier than so that. So he, he just kind of comes out and says that. And everyone was just like, oh my fucking God. And here's the thing. I don't know what dingoes do or whatever. Dingo could have taken its head off or whatever. But the thought of a person decap... Because here's the thing. Decapitation is like a human word. Like it's like the head was sliced off. Right. And that kind of, that thing like fucks people up. 
No, you know, you think I, of a uh, baby like with its head cut off? Yeah, I saw. I saw. Uh, unfortunately, in art school, somebody did a presentation about terrorism, and I saw one of those videos, mm. and it took me about three them. months to get over that. Yeah, shit. they're fucked up. That's fucking gnarly, dude. Especially when they saw. They, they were sawing saw it with like, yeah, a, like a little when blade. They, yeah. Not okay. Not good. Not good. So okay, so he just came out and was like, the baby was decapitated. Obviously, because of these marks. And this is all based off clothing. Yes. Clothing, like old clothing. Old you know. clothing of a baby. So then he also claimed that he had found a bloody, like, handprint on the, the garment, on the, the onesie that the kid was wearing. So he was like, by this rationale, like, the child was, like, held down and the head was sawn off. And he, like painted this whole like kind of graphic picture from fucking nothing from nothing like let's be real yeah um so he and like they were using like luminol and all that kind of shit but like maybe it was different kind he was doing all these kind of like infrared like black light tests and stuff and he claims he there was a handprint on there right yeah so in 1982 the supreme court basically just squashed the findings of the first inquest and they were like oh no fuck this she fucking did it we've got jesus sheet guy on our we've side we've got the uh, the english twat exactly saying so that somebody got their head cut off yeah we're we're gonna prosecute this bitch so they fucking charged her with murder so this is like you know oh a year after the fact she's charged with the murder of her child right jesus so the, prosecu- the prosecution, basically their whole their whole case, they claim that Lindy, in the few moments that she left the barbecue, so if you remember from the first episode, she's barbecuing with other campers and her husband, and one of the sons was asleep, but one of the sons was still awake, and somebody hears a cry, and they're like, hey, Lindy, is that Azaria? And she's like, oh, yeah. That's weird. She was just asleep. I'm going to go check her in the tent. Goes back to the tent, sees the dingo, blah, blah, blah. Pull the baby out, shake the fuck out of it and run So they claimed in those few moments where she was like barbecuing with the, the, the campers that they met, that she went to put the baby to bed, but actually went to the car... Killed the baby... In the car. Decapitated the baby in the car. Um... With one of her other children there at the time, right? Very strange. And killed the baby, blah, blah, blah. And then gave the body to Michael, the husband, and was like, yo, I just fucking did it. Like, Yo, stash this shit. Stash this shit. Stash this shit, bro. I just cut the baby's head off. Stash it real quick. And then everything else was like like a fictitious story to like cover up this kind of thing. Now, none of the witnesses claimed... That she had any blood on her clothing. Well, they have their clothing. She, she didn't have blood on it. And and the the prosecution said that she changed her pants at some at some point. There was no bloody clothing ever ever found. Right. Like this is fucking like grasping at straws. It's fucking bullshit. So the prosecution claims that the Chamberlains knew that the area was well known for dingo attacks. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, that's weird. Because dingoes don't do this type of thing, I thought. And that they had carefully constructed this whole story to cover up this fucking vicious murder of their baby. Right. Right? Which they could have probably just done in their bathroom. 
by the way. They could have done it in so many other fucking ways. It's like ridiculous. So the police launch a new investigation. They're fucking charged. It's going really bonkers, right? So Nipper one Maddie, one Maddie, who we had, you remember from the first episode, he was the Aboriginal tracker. Who actually found where the dingo dragged the baby, yep. where the dingo dropped the baby that left the cloth imprint, and then where he would have taken it. And also was like, dingoes are fucked. Like, we know that we they're, know that we can't they're trust like a dingo. devil fucking they're, creatures. They're devil dogs, and what they do is uh, fuck everything up and steal shit, and you can't trust them. They're not trusted. So... He basically became the, the victim of malicious character assassination. And let me just... I don't want to be... Uh, I don't want to be out of line because white people in America are just as guilty of doing this mm-hmm. to the Native Americans and all the it's Indian a tribes. Very, it's a very similar kind of It's a of very story. similar in Australia. The Aboriginal people in Australia were persecuted, murdered, killed, and... Babies stolen. Succumbed to alcoholism and everything based on this type of thing. And it's kind of the same in Australia. It's just Aboriginal people have a hard fucking rap in Australia. They have a hard rap. They and catch it. They, they, they cop it hard. And they they do often, as Rob just said, succumb to like alcoholism or substance abuse. Um, because they're an ancient people. They're they're not. They're, this is they, like not yeah. in their genetics to do exactly. with this shit. And then everybody looks at them in a certain way. But the fact is, they were there first, and they probably were the most uh, keen and best person to track the baby, and the most probably, uh, you know. We had the best wherewithal to, to figure out what happened to this kid and the dude told them what happened and he showed them the tracks Yeah, and now they're all just trying to discredit the guy and then they basically turned on him and, and yeah. they were like look he's a, he's a well known figure he's a, a local like kind of celebrity everyone knows though that he likes to get on the piss get That's, on the piss is Australian for get drunk yeah a lot so he likes to get on the piss you can't trust him he was probably on a bender like, blah, blah, blah. They just discredited everything that he said when he was probably the only person who really knew what was going on. He was right? absolutely the only person that knew what was going on. Um, so that was that was the first, you know, the first kind of thing. Now, as they kept going back to that the clothes, the jumpsuit and everything had been found intact, it was too neat, it shouldn't, a dingo wouldn't have done this. Even though there was weird kind of... In that Evil Angels movie, in that Cry in the Dark movie with Meryl Streep, she went through that big thing in the courthouse where she's like, have you ever seen a dingo eat? Like they, they, like he, she kept saying that they skin the, the, uh, victims, like that they, like the skin is intact when they eat the fucking victim and this was a big thing about the jumpsuit and everything. They were like, "If a f- how how did the dingo get it out of the jumpsuit when it was still intact?" And she actually like demonstrated like a weird thing where they like pushed with their paw. Like it was all kind of fucked up at this point, yeah. right? But um, so they they were like, "Oh, the clothes were too neat. They were too intact. There was various kinds of foliage like in the in the jumpsuit." 
So they... Um, and my point is, the fucking dingo is not interested in the clothes. No. The dingo doesn't give a fuck about a cotton jumpsuit. No, It's exactly. trying to eat the baby, dude. What the fuck would a dingo do to cloth? So anyway, they they claim that... um They, they tried to, like, uh, prove that the, the clothing, like, the drag marks and the foliage and stuff that was found in the jumpsuit was all they made it up they basically dragged the clothes through the fucking the dirt to make it look like a dingo had dragged it right Mm -hmm. that's what they claimed so at this point this is where science just goes fucking stupid they get like a baby doll they put it in a jumpsuit now say azaria's jumpsuit was cotton the, ju- the jumpsuit that they put it on was a completely different fabric. It's like polyester or something. Mm-hmm. And it's a doll. It doesn't weigh the same as a baby. And it's not being dragged by Dingo. But they basically get this doll, dress it in a white jumpsuit. Not the same fabric. Not the same anything. And just run like, run like fucking crazy people through the fucking desert. Dragging this doll through the thing. And they're like, oh yeah, look, the marks are completely different. Yeah. It was like a test... Like a testing from eighth grade science where yeah. you like fucked it up so badly yeah. and you're like, oh yeah, well, we did it on cotton, but now we're doing it on polyester in a completely different thing in a, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's some shit that bitch ass Togger would do. So they're, they're running around, they're dragging this thing. They're, they're claiming that there's no way that the, you know, that the baby could have been dragged and that it was just fucking bullshit. Is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Call them bullshit. Call bullshit. Um, then at this point too, they actually tore the car apart. They like dismantled the car and they claimed that they had found blood spray under the dash, which supported their whole like the baby had been killed in the car theory. And when they asked about it, Lindy claimed she's like, well, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like the baby puked in the car like a few times. The kids have bled, but... Me and Michael are both like we're trained in in first aid, so we've helped several fucking car crash victims and stuff. And this was all true. Like they were good fucking people. Yeah. So basically, her claim was like, I don't know if you found blood in there. It could have been from anyone. It could have been like baby puke. It could have been one of the other kids. We've actually helped several people who were almost dead in fucking car crashes. They could have bled in it. I don't know what. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what you're saying. I don't know what to say, dude. And um, that was that was like a big kind of fucking thing, right? Mm-hmm. This will also come back later to be complete fucking bullshit. Yeah. But the fact that they had found blood spray. Oh, we found blood spatter in the car. In the car, it was crazy. So. At this point, too, I want to say that we had mentioned in the first episode that they had found baby blood. They'd found Azari's blood in the tent. Yeah, And various, like, a bit of spray and, like, a puddle and shit. This evidence in this first case was completely ignored. Right. Wasn't even brought up. Because if you took the, took the kid into the car to cut its head off, uh, why would there be blood in the tent? Exactly. Exactly, right? So at this point, this is where it kind of gets fucked up, for real. So the charges have been pressed against the fucking Chamberlains. They come to their house and they search their house. 
and they just come in there like motherfuckers. And they came in, I think, on the Sabbath when they were like, you know, at home being cool, like not not doing their shit. Of course they did. Of course they did. They come in and they start just like fucking raiding the house, like taking fucking everything that they can find. They start taking a bunch of, of knives and screwdrivers and nail clippers and stuff from around the house. And Lindy's going, they weren't even on the fucking camping trip. Yeah, but these these are what we use in our kitchen. We didn't have these at the fucking time. Exactly. The they're coming. They're fucking taking all this stuff. It's insane. Yeah. So there was also around this time, there was a famous photo of Lindy... At the time, which came out in the newspapers, where she was, she was kind of supporting Baby Azaria, standing on the rock. Or so whatever. this would have been before the camping trip, or like during the camping this trip. This was during the camping trip, like, maybe a few days before. Oh, because her husband's like a amateur ph- photographer. Exactly. So he's snapping away the whole time. Right. So there was a question where they were like, um, and and I remember this rumor as being like a real thing where they claim that the photo was faked and that the baby was actually dead in the photo and they were, like, posing the baby. Oh, well, did it have a head on it? Yeah, it had a head. Well, if it had a head, then they didn't cut the fucking head off, did they? It was not a dead baby. Was it it a scissor stab to death baby with no no head? Okay, so maybe that's not necessarily what happened. So they're on on that exact search when they're, when they're, finding all this shit they're finding all this stuff they're finding like the supposed fake photos they're they're taking all their knives from the kitchen which weren't even couldn't have even been a possible a murder weapon from the camping trip so on that search they found a whole bunch of other stuff that really fucking creeped people out and and led into the whole satanic you know thing they found a tiny, like, a child-sized coffin right. in the house. And that was super weird. And again, I remember I remember this when it came out. But the guy had a... He, the coffin was a thing that he had a perfectly good example. He, he, he was a preacher, right? Mm-hmm. And Seventh-day Adventists don't believe in smoking. Smoking, drinking. Drinking or anything like They're that. They're vegetarians. Yeah, yes. so he would, do, he would go during his sermons or whatever, and he would ask everybody to throw their cigarettes and their pipes and their tobacco in this coffin. Yeah. It's like, it like a symbolic thing of like, symbolic smoking thing. will kill you. You shouldn't be smoking. We believe that it's bad. We believe that it's bad. We'll and that, help you through it. Yeah, so throw, throw your stuff, your away stuff in, this. in this coffin because it will kill you. Right. And like he had it in his house because that was his... And again, I remember that from when I was a kid, that that was a huge thing. He had a baby coffin. He had a baby coffin in his house and they were doing all sorts of sacrifices and they were in a fucking weird cult. Like it was, it was kind of a huge thing. Well, that is like, if you're killing babies, you're not putting them into the coffin. You know what I mean? No. It doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. It's fucking stupid. He's going to just have that in his house. And then I think it had all these like anti-smoking pamphlets in there. And they probably had like a little sign stuck to it that said like, here goes your fucking Fucking smoking or whatever. But here's the other thing. In the house, and like, let's just be real, that at the at this point, the cops are looking for anything. They already know, think she's oh. like a cult killer. They're grasping, you know, but they're they, grasping. you know, that's how cops do. So, Michael is a preacher. He has a very beautiful, elaborate, 
illuminated like kind of manuscript bible in the house right and he has it open to a particular page and it's on like a kind of pulpit or you know whatever you call it like a stand yeah a pulpit you know and the page apparently was open when the police came into the house the page was opened to a particular sermon and that was the song of Deborah and Barak and Here's the thing, guys. I'm not a religious person. I don't know the Bible. I don't know the te- the Old Testament or anything. But basically, it had a picture of a woman fucking stabbing somebody in the fucking in the temple. And then they looked into it, and the store the the song of Deborah and Barak. It was like an Old Testament thing, and Deborah like tried to defeat like. Uh, with with Barak her husband or something tried to defeat some fucking biblical people or whatever. At some point basically she killed somebody in a tent by stabbing them. And apparently the Bible was open to this page. And is that so, what this this uh, This was also like a year or two years after the crime. So like they're right. still doing the ceremony or like What's what's this quote? The quote was, this is basically the, the biblical quote. Do you want to read it? Um, yes, I will read it. They find this pulpit. They find the pulpit. The fucking pages of this thing. Deborah and Barak. And is it the Bible? It's the Bible. And the illustration showed a woman like stabbing a fucking sleeping figure in a tent. Right? A right. tent. And then this is the quote of like whatever the Bible story was. Yeah. And you want me to read this? You can read it. Uh, uh, Here. Do you want me to do it? No, I'll read it. She... Should I read it so that I sound like God? You can sound like God if you want. She gave him milk to drink and... You sound like Elvis. Again. I thought it was more... That was more of a John Wayne. It's like, lo, she gave him milk. You read it. You fucking... I want you to read it. Come on, it's not even important. Basically, she drove no. the peg through the temple into no, no, the ground let, let me read the, his head. Let me read the quote. Because this is this is important to me. Sure. Okay? Give me this. I'll give you everything you want. I'll give, me give this. you the kingdom, kingdom of heaven if you sacrifice our child in the <laughs> desert. She gave him milk to drink and covered him with a blanket in the tent. Then, Jael picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him while they lay fast asleep, exhausted. She drove the peg through his temple into the ground and he died. So basically they, they found this thing and they Wait, were like... Wait, so... Oh, is that in the Bible? That's in the Bible. This That's is in a, the Old Testament shit. So they're calling people... So, so here's my thing. I got a fucking bone to pick with this. Yeah. Uh, I'm from the Midwest. Sure. I have uh, fairly conservative parents. Mm-hmm. And I used to have to go to church and Bible study and stuff. Mm-hmm. And if that's in the fucking Bible, uh, I don't... Does she have in her tent peg into somebody's temple? Threw his temple, temple into the ground mm-hmm. and he died. Um, first of all, that doesn't sound like 10,000 BC type of language. But if you're saying that that's in the Bible, I believe it because there was a thing that happened to me when I was younger. Right. Where. Bible's uh, fucked up. Like, 
Old the Bible's fucked, fucked up. up so yeah, my point is that it's fucked up. So like, the logo of Christianity is somebody being murdered. Right. Yeah. So if you if you want to look at like the logo of Nike is a swoosh. Mm-hmm. The logo of Christianity is somebody being murdered. Man on a cross. A man yeah. on a cross yeah, being with, being uh, nailed to a, nailed to a fucking cross. A crown of thorns cutting his fucking head open, and he's murdered and dying and being tortured. Mm -hmm. So their logo is somebody being tortured to death, murdered. So, okay. The book might be fucked up because their logo is somebody dying. Yeah. But I had a thing where I was, uh, you know, I was coming of age. You know, I was finger banging. I was doing a lot of shit. So what, you were like nine years old? Yeah, I was literally like 12. No, I was literally like 10 finger banging and sneaking cigarettes around the backside yeah. of the old, uh, you know, the back of the grade school or whatever and passing out. The con- bike racks, we would say in Australia. The bike racks, yeah, yeah. And, and, and there was this thing where my mom would be like, well, you need to go to Bible study. I don't know why, but I think that was just... The culture of the Midwest at the time. Yeah, you gotta do it. So I'm I'm fucking I fucking hated it, and then I'm like I have to read these Bible verses every week, and so I didn't want to do it, and eventually my mom was like, uh, "Well, I understand you don't want to do it. I'll, I'll read them with you, and we'll just we'll get through this, and we'll just do the we'll Bible just study. Bang it out. We'll bang it up, right? So we start reading this fucking Bible study, and whatever the assigned passage of that week was. These fucking two girls would get their dad drunk and fuck him every night. Yeah, I think I, I think I remember it. Yeah, not it, from you. I think I remember this from somewhere else. Well, no, this was a thing. And then, so I'm reading this with my fucking mom, and she's like, "Oh, and so you know, the daughter on the wind have the drink with the wine, and then have the relation, sexual relations with the father, and all this shit." And I think, to her credit, I would hope that at that point she was just kind of like, "Wait a minute, what the fuck? Like, why am I waking? Why this am I making fucked up? Like, why am I making my fucking twelve-year-old yeah. son read about girls fucking their dad who they got drunk on wine? What the fuck does this have to do with anything? Yeah. Not to mention that our logo is murdering somebody. It's yeah. fucking insane. Yeah, so it's fucked up. if they really have this Bible verse where somebody is in a tent and they fucking hammered a fucking tent peg through his head yeah, and hammered it into the ground and they've got an illustrated version of this and that's what these people have open in their house, like I fucking believe it. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't understand why anything of any of the last and, and, five minutes of what I've just said kind of, should be part of anybody's life. I kind of tried to look into the Deborah and Barak story and like, you know, like I, I, I'm not super familiar with Bible shit, but it sounded really like fucked up and it was kind of weird and she was going to help him like defeat the Israelites or like there was some kind of shit. But the point is, and it's more, it's more of a visual thing on this, that the picture that the Bible page was open to was like a mother or a woman fucking ramming a tent peg into somebody's temple. Yeah. In a tent. In a tent drilling their head into the fucking ground. So anyway, there were... Why is this the part... What, what, yeah, it's fucked why up. Why is this people's religion? We, I mean, we could do a whole... I mean, I don't another, know shit about religion, but I'm like, why are you fucking drilling pen tags through people's heads fucking and fucking weird. your dad when he's drunk? So... Anyway, let's move on. Okay. 
So the main, one of the main defense witnesses, one of the women who, who was camping there at the time when, when Azaria had disappeared, and she, she had heard the, um, the baby cry and alerted Mindy, Lindy to this. And I have to say there was, there was like another witness who, who claimed that she heard like a dog of a low growl right. of a dog and she likened it to when her her family dogs growl when her husband is like killing the beef you know what i mean like it was like a cutting the cow cutting the cow it was like a um the the growl from the dogs was like a lustful kind of growl blood like lust. a bloodlust kind of thing so that that woman was like out there and she's like yeah i'm I'll, like i'll tell you right now like this is what i heard blah 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 lindy was also firm that she had heard the cry of the baby and this and that so lindy basically was like can we both can you find a hypnotist we will both be hypnotized and like find like lindy was like find the shit like nah, let it. us put her under and like, find out do. what yeah. she what she says now, I've got a big, like, asterisk and side note here that this was the beginning, the very beginning of the fucking satanic panic fucking oh, situation. that was a big deal in the destroyed 80s. lives and people and whatever. Yeah. So, this was the beginning of this, yeah, satanic pa- panic era, we call it, but the book that sort of started this whole thing was a book called Michelle Remembers. It's kind of incredible. I honestly, like, deep down, like, wish that it was true, but it was mostly very fucking credibly debunked that it's a whole heap of bullshit. Right. But this book was, was published in 1980. So this was fresh in everyone's minds that that satanic ritual abuse was happening that they were fucking sacrificing babies they were eating babies they were fucking babies they were doing all this fucked up shit this was at the beginning of all this stuff and i i feel like that was part of the reason why the general population kind of jumped on this yeah and it's kind of a strange thing where the majority of of the satanic panic cases and particularly the book Michelle remembers was largely debunked as this phenomenon where people were were going to therapists they were being put under and they were basically being like fed these these false memories mm-hmm. and like planting these false memories which I think I don't really think was anyone's real real fault you know what I well, mean? Like was I think, doing it. yeah, but I think it was like it was like they were experimenting. It's very new science, and so my point is, is that maybe it was really great that they didn't get because basically, when Lindy was like, "Put me under hip- hypnosis. I will fucking let's do it." She got nothing to lose. Let's she's being, she's, she's got being, nothing to she's fucking lose. Um, she's being honest. But condemned. maybe it was kind of good that that didn't happen because they actually couldn't find a hypnotist. That was the big thing. She was like, hypnotize me. I will fucking, I am ready to like, like 
fucking get into the layers of me. Like, I have nothing to hide. Well, I find it, I find it very strange that they could find an English twat that could analyze baby clothing. Exactly. With cuts in it, but they couldn't find a hypnotist. Yeah, and she, this this came up time and time again where she she kept going, like, hypnotize me. Get do, a thing. Do whatever you gotta do, motherfucker. Thing. I'm not lying. Um... So the satanic panic thing being around this era, like, I honestly feel like a lot of people had, like, read the book. They were familiar with this stuff. It was kind of a, it was kind of a thing, like, multiple personalities and fucking, like, satanic shit. Like, people wanted to believe this shit. Right. So it was kind of crazy. They went to trial again. Um... They, it was a fucking media circus as usual. There's more death threats. The courtroom is being cleared for all this shit. And the jury apparently was neck and neck the whole fucking time. They couldn't, they just couldn't figure it out. They had set up the fucking camp scene for the jurors. They had like reset up the tent and all this kind of shit, and they got to play with all this kind of stuff. Oh, uh, did they bring dingoes into the fucking courtroom they and have did them not. rip a fucking little fat little baby out of that motherfucker? And most people just couldn't get past the fact that they, the parents had left the scene and that they weren't like upset enough. Fucking pissed that they didn't seem upset enough. There was all this kind of other stuff. There was like, you know. All the rumors still were very kind of cool. There was all the rangers that wanted to pump tourism, that didn't want to talk about dingoes. There's the fucking backwards cops. So after seven weeks of trial, Lindy was found guilty for the murder of her daughter. So this was like... With nobody. No, no, nobody. No nothing. No motive. No anything. The court of public opinion. Court of fucking public opinion. So she's fucking guilty. And she's sentenced to life in prison. So this is like two, a couple of years after this had all happened. She'd already, they'd already done an inquest. She's like kind of like free. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So she's, she's proven fucking guilty. And they're like, okay, so you had this baby, a fucking wild dog murdered it. And by the way, you'll spend the rest of your life in prison. Exactly. So the jurors on that whole thing basically later said that they they voted like it went for seven weeks, which is kind of like a long fucking time. Mm. They said that they voted beyond a doubt, but not beyond a reasonable doubt. And they basically said they were pressured to come up with a a fucking verdict that they needed more time. They said that the science kind of confused them because. They felt in their gut one thing, but then the science, like, that there was blood in the car, that all this kind of stuff, the science kind of confused them. Do we talk about the blood in the car? I think we mentioned the blood in the car. But do we talk about what it actually was? We will come back to that. Oh, we'll explain that. We'll explain that. Yeah. So they kind of, they were kind of confused and they, they kind of like, I feel like there were a lot of people on that jury who were like, oh, fuck the bitch, she's guilty. But, like, this was kind of crazy. Yeah. So, in 1982, Lindy was sent to prison for the fucking term of her natural life. Yeah. Like, she's sent to prison for life. And at this point, she was heavily pregnant with her fourth child. Basically, in this down period, 
she got pregnant again and that made people hate her even worse. Right. Because they were like, this fucking baby killer, she's just fucking having another kid. Like, And she's just going to kill the next one? People fucking hated her for that. You know, so it was up. so fucked up. It made her fucking the most hated woman in Australia. And most people kind of felt like she got what she deserved. So she's sent to prison. And then there's a bit of a break. It's four years later. Mm-hmm. This woman, she'd had her baby in, in prison. How horrible would that be? Her husband is like looking after this child. Did you she's lose so, your pencil again? I did. She dro- I, Billy I dropped her pencil and now she, again. she found it. So in February of 1986, a tourist went missing near Uluru, near the rock. Ayers Rock. So they're searching. There's a wide fucking search for this tourist. I'm telling you, they rally together. They rally together. Australians, they, really, they rally. They try they to really find come. the missing man. So they, they're they searching for this tourist, like blah, blah, blah. Eventually, they, they, I think they did find his body. But you know what else they found? They found the matinee jacket. Oh, the matinee. The cardigan. The cardigan. The little knitted cardigan. Well. Which the police had claimed the whole time never existed. Because hmm. it didn't really fit in with their whole It didn't fit in thing. with their agenda. But it was found buried, like partially buried right near a dingo lair. A dingo lair. Oh, Ooh. where dingoes live. With their puppies. Funny. Yeah, where funny they bring that. food to their Babies. Oh, so where the dingoes bring the food to the babies is where they found the baby's uh, cardigan. Yeah, they found the cardigan. And um, it was a very direct, very kind of short, reasonable distance from the campsite. Of course. So it basically backed up everything that the Chamberlains had said. Oh, wait a minute. The police had claimed this whole time that she was lying about the matinee jacket. That there there was no matinee jacket. Like, I don't really understand, like... Well, because it's so so advantageous to fabricate cardigans. Exactly. That's the funniest thing. Is when when you're under police investigation, the funniest thing to do is to fabricate a cardigan. Whether they were wearing a cardigan or not. Whether you had a cardigan on. And here's the thing too, they kept saying that the, the the baby's like onesie had no fucking saliva on it and stuff. Is that maybe because it was on the matinee jacket or you know whatever. Right. But this was nineteen eighty six. So this was five and a half, six years after. From when she was fucking put away. You know what I mean? Oh well she was she was in prison for like three and a half years. But basically they they found this, it supported all the claims. Five days later, yeah, on the 7th of February, yeah. 1996, she's released from prison. And this is the thing that makes me go, oh, wait a minute. Maybe everybody knew this was bullshit. Exactly. Because you don't overturn a life sentence for cutting your baby's head off in five days. In five days. If you think that actually happened. So this is five and a half years since Azari disappeared and she's finally let out of prison, right? So... No one's fucking happy with this. She's obviously not happy with this. Blah, blah, blah. She has... She now gave birth to another um, daughter, Kalia, I think it was called. The whole of Australia thinks she's a cult, weirdo, Satan murderer. Still, still. 
1987, a royal commission began invest investigating the matter further, and they found more evidence to support the dingo took the baby claim. Do you think? Um, in fact, it became a case of dingoes versus tourism. Which oh. is very interesting. So there's capitalism involved. There is. And they found more so that local law enforcement had actually played down the dingo attacks to keep keep the tourists coming to visit. Yeah, because if you say, How like, um, you could come camp here and check out this fucking big-ass monolith. But a dingo might eat your but baby. But a dingo might eat your baby. You probably wouldn't go. Yeah. And, but, and that was pretty much the only local source of like income. Well, there's the, fucking nothing there's there, There's nothing dude. in the middle of Australia. There's no hotels. They've got nothing. There's nothing. The only thing they have is tourism. So they needed the tourists to stay. Is pretty fucking crazy. Now, here's where I want to interject. And I, I kind of said this to Rob where this, this whole like the research of this case kind of fucked me up. Because here's the thing. I know that it, it, you know, she had been released from prison. I know that um, it was a, a a dingo who took the baby or whatever. But these rumors, like I have carried around my entire life, pretty much, and I I admitted to Rob that I kind of wanted to believe that it was this fucked up Satan Satan sacrifice, like. You kind of want to. And like, I don't know dingoes. I don't know. But here's the thing. Is the more I looked into this, the more I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. A dingo obviously fucking took the baby. A dingo fucking stole her baby. Like it, it 100% happened. But here's the thing is like, we weren't told any of this stuff about dingoes until I went in there and researched this case. And let me just let me just tell you about some of some of the things. Yeah, I was gonna say so. This thing they're saying like, well, dingo would never do that. But what's the actual facts? So here's the thing: dingoes around the, the around the campsite that they were staying, dingoes were fucking everywhere. Like, and they were everywhere. feeding them. Well, this is the thing: it was a big tourist attraction. They the dingoes would actually come onto the buses. The tourist buses would like stop. And everyone would sit there and they'd be like, oh, it's the dingo feeding thing. And the dingoes would come in and get snacks from the people. The dingoes would be fed. It was like a, a, a real fucking thing, which is just so weird to me. And here's the thing. Dingoes do, they're not spectacular. They're not like a kangaroo or a fucking echidna or a platypus. They're not like Which so, I've seen. I've seen all of those in Australia. You haven't seen a platypus. Yeah, I did. When did you see a fucking platypus? Uh, you're fucking. There was lying. there was one in the tree. No, by uh the bay. He's Byron Bay. Byron he's, Bay. He's seen a wombat. He's seen an emu. He's seen an echidna. You've seen a koala mm -hmm. up the tree. Yeah. You've never seen a fucking platypus. I think there was one in Byron Bay. Did I get? I had a. You never went to Byron Bay. Um, basically, dingoes. I, like, they're not fucking good. No. They're jackals. They're fucking... They're hyenas. They're fucking... And here's the thing. They were... They were everywhere at the campsite. They were fed by tourists. They were getting cheekier and cheekier with their fucking antics. Which, and to then, us, means naughtier. Yeah. 
and they would have they would come into the camps and they would take things from tourists they would steal things from the camps like they took people's um they would come into your tent and steal your camera bag Mm. because they thought it was food and here's the other thing too is like people kind of didn't really think of it in the same way like if a bear for instance this is how i equate it here because that's what it's like around here yeah you don't feed the bears you know you lock up your garbage you know all that kind of stuff but also a bear is a fucking big scary thing if you a dingo is like a little well it's like a coyote it's like a wild dog right so you're not and everybody loves dogs everybody loves dogs because why because they're the best thing in the world they're right so the thing is that they knew that they were getting like more and more brave, but at the end of the day, they're wild fucking dogs and they're wild dogs who aren't intimidated by humans anymore. Right. And that's a dangerous thing. And we know that with uh, bears, with wolves, with coyotes, with everything, right? Mm-hmm. That once they start not being intimidated by humans, humans. it's fucked. So this was a big thing. Now, it was also breeding season when this happened. And this was a time when coyotes were the most aggressive. Coyotes? I mean, dingoes were the most aggressive, the most um, brave. Yeah. Because they've got babies in their earth. They'll do anything for their babies. They're pound and snatch. They're pound and snatch. They're fucking fucking felt. So it was breeding season. Now, we already mentioned that the that Azaria's clothing was found right near a dingo lair that was full of pups at the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, come on. Now, here's the thing that I didn't realize until I researched this case. That everyone was like, oh, there's no way a dingo would do this. A dingo would be too scared to go in the camp. A dingo wouldn't be that aggressive to humans. Now, I'm just going to break down some facts real quick here. Which I already, six, I already knew that was bullshit. Six weeks before Azaria was taken, a three-year-old child was attacked and dragged from the family car by a dingo. The kid was so fucking traumatized for months after the, eva- the attack, like nightmares, bedwetting, like all of the fucking hallmarks of like childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. Um... That they, they were, they kept seeing this stuff on the, on the news, but they were afraid to like come out because their child was so traumatized by this fucking attack. And I have That's to say, fucking bitch made. That's I have to puss. say, this is fucked up. And they should have come forward and said, our child was attacked too. And if they, if they came forward, like we probably, it would have been solved very quickly but this happened fuck them yeah that's fucked up and here's the thing the police had had seen a report of that but they couldn't find the people and then the people like they they didn't come out until much later but convenient that, that had happened three weeks before so um five weeks before so no that had happened six weeks before five bit weeks before another kid was attacked at the same campgrounds Three weeks before Azaria, another kid was attacked at the campgrounds. Like, attacked to the point where they're bleeding from a dingo bite. Mm -hmm. That the dingo had attacked them. Yeah, they're fucking attacking them. Two days before there was a dingo attack. 
in the fucking campground. One day before, there was another fucking dingo attack. So here's the thing. As a child who grew up in all this stuff, I swear to fucking God, it wasn't until like a few weeks ago that I realized that the dingo attacks were so prevalent and stuff. Yeah. In my mind, I still, even though I know that it all worked out or whatever, even though I know she didn't fucking kill the baby in the satanic ceremony, I kind of thought, like, it's, I still believe that a dingo wouldn't do that. Like a ding, like I'm, I'm like, oh, a, a, a family dog wouldn't drag a baby away. Like it's not a family I, dog. It's a fucking wild animal. You see dude. what I'm saying? I'm right? telling you right now. If I was a fucking wild dog, I would be eating babies all day. That's the best thing you could find. So the thing that fucked me up with this is I cannot believe there was so much fucking dingo, dingo, dingo shit, and then. No, you know, it was still like because they did not want to ruin their exactly. tourism. Exactly. They needed that economy, so they can't say that. Like, by the way, you'll come out here and a dingo will fucking eat your baby, because then nobody would go out there into the middle of fucking nowhere and spend money. So that royal commission in 1987, their charges were actually dropped from that, and Lindy was released from prison in 90, 1987-88. But that w- wasn't kind of good enough for her. Like, to of just course be not. Are you fucking kidding me? No. I would be fucking pissed. No. So in 1988, it was officially declared that they had suffered a miscarriage of justice. Of course, because these were, fucking dumb bush cops. She, are just- she's already released, but they were officially exonerated. And, you know, that pretty much proved their in- innocence once and for all. But still was enough for Lindy and it was enough for the public because I feel like people still kind of thought, oh, yeah, well, they're saying it was a dingo now, but, like, come on. Of course. Right? So they're exonerated in 88. In 92, they were officially awarded $1.3 million and they were, like, pretty much cleared from the chart from the charges but in 95, only a few years later, another inquest is opened. Like, they just can't let this thing fucking rest. And they they investigated it again, and they found, oh, yeah, it probably was a dingo. Yeah, oh, oh you, think, you think? Maybe a dingo ate the baby? So it had, it had gone on and on and on. Um, and then in... 2012, basically, Lindy had been fighting for this the whole time. They've been exonerated. She's been out of prison. She's got $1.3 million. As if that makes it better. Um, she's been out of prison since 90, 1998. But in 2012, it seriously took that long. 32 years. After this incident happened. After this after a mother lost her child to a wild animal murdered it they officially changed the death certificate so the disappearance of of nine week old baby azaria they finally changed the cause of death and ruled it as a 
as a fucking dingo attack. Dingo murder. But that was in 2012. 30, 32 years. That was like years. five years ago. Yeah. Dude. So, finally, finally. She can have some peace. They, they brought some peace to this mother. And there's a quote that I think Michael had said um, in the trial when after she'd been released from prison people kept going well why are you still fighting just like forget it just let it go and he had said only an innocent person can know how important it is to prove their innocence absolutely and this is something that i feel like sits with me and when i think about it too much like it's fucked up yeah like it's it's the most fucked up fucking story and it's been reduced to this fucking catchphrase. Yeah. And just, can you just, just think about it for a second. If a dingo soldier stole your baby, if a dingo took your baby from your fucking tent, like, and nobody believed you. And then not only did they not believe you, but they they said you were a Satan worshiper that cut your baby's head off in your car and we're going to give you a life sentence for that? Yeah. That's it's fucking insane, dude. Yeah. It's, it's not okay. It's fucking crazy. It's man. not okay. And, I, and my, my opinion on this is that, like, I think this is a good, very good resource for, for people to really take a look at the court of public opinion because that's like very trendy right now and um it's extremely dangerous it's it's the most dangerous thing ever the 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 court of public opinion can condemn somebody within an instant and especially now with the internet and social media and stuff but the the problem is is like it's more than that you need to understand the case it's like the police are trying to look good right the police are trying to solve a case yeah. they don't want to look like dumbasses that they couldn't find the half-eaten baby they want to look like you know oh well this and that well they're seventh-day adventists and they're fucking weird cult people and we're fucking going to condemn them and they're dangerous or whatever but the most dangerous thing in the world absolutely is to be afraid of people that you don't understand. Yeah. The worst. And not understanding people and being afraid of them is absolutely more dangerous than anything that you think somebody might do. It's fucked up. And I kept bringing up the fucking, uh, the Salem, like, witch trials to Rob yeah. in, in this whole thing. It's like, here here's the thing that is fucked up about this particular case and Lindy Chamberlain is is released now and she's out there and she's she's written a an a biography about this whole thing and um you know she's trying to she's trying to go about her own life but but Lindy if you're listening like I am guilty of con- condemning you like the rest of fucking Australia, like the rest of the world. And I sort of said to Rob with this, about this case is that this fucking resonated really hard for me because my entire childhood was painted with this case, you know? Mm -hmm. And 
the, the satanic rumors and the Azaria meaning sacrifice in the wilderness and the devil kind of shit and the sacrifice. Like, I, I had to be honest with him that I kind of wanted it to be real. Yeah. I did. Everybody does. You know, and I didn't know shit about dingoes. So I was jumping on the thing of, I mean, I was a child, but I was jumping on the thing of like, there's been no known dingo attacks in that area. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but there have been. There have been. And, the, uh, and, and it was shocking to, to unpack fucking 20 plus years of prejudice that I had had. Like, I started this whole fuck, even though I knew she was, she had been free and clear of this, of this case. I started this case like pitching it to Rob like, oh my God, it's so fucking juicy because there's all this like satanic shit. And then the more I kind of went into it, the more I'm like, oh my God, we're fucked. I'm fucked. The fucking entire fucking world condemned this woman. It's not okay to treat people like no, that. No, it's fucked up. So on that note, guys, man, fucking be careful. Be careful of what you fucking think and what you what you see and what you the the conclusions you jump to. This is a fucking amazing story, but it's fucked up and and Lindy and family we fucking only wish you the very best. And you know what guys, thanks for listening. If you're uh, if you're enjoying this stuff, remember to rate us on iTunes. Um Follow us on Instagram, write a review. If you have like a fucking cool idea for a a case that you want us to cover or a topic for a show, email us at yourfreakingmook at gmail.com. Hit us up. Thanks for listening. We fucking love you guys. Bye-bye. Peace. Yeah. What's up?